time for Blessed to Play on EWTN Radio, uncovering the role that faith plays in the lives of sports professionals from around the country. And now, here's your host, Ron Meyer. Fire score! My guest today is Eric Rosales. He's an EWTN News Capitol Hill correspondent, a multi-Emmy Award winner, 30-plus years in TV news, including which covering Capitol Hill, uh, the national security stories, which are many out of the Pentagon, and also the Department of Homeland Security. We'll also talk to Eric about his career in baseball, playing an elite-level college baseball, and his time spent in California honing his skills on the baseball diamond. I'd like to welcome Eric Rosales to Bless to Play. Eric, thank you for joining us. Hey, great to be here. Thank you so very much. Now, I got to admit something first. Being a baseball player from New Jersey, I was always jealous of people from SoCal, Florida, and Texas because they could play the game all year round in perfect climate and conditions. Meanwhile, we had to go into a gym and hit a baseball or, or play catch. So uh, I was... No kidding. I uh, we, we, didn't, we knew nothing. Uh, we were truly the boys of summer, I tell you what. Uh, Playing ball down in, uh, grew up down in Southern California, went to uh, Temple City High School. After that, Pasadena City College, then uh, had the opportunity to go down and play at uh, Point Loma Nazarene College. And I tell you, that by itself right there is an amazing place, Point Loma. It's called the most scenic baseball field in America by, by Baseball America. And uh, Coach Carol Land out there who recently just passed away, Bless his heart. He was uh, he was a man who not only taught us the game of baseball and how to play it and how to play it hard, but also uh, worked on us as as young men and uh, built a great foundation for us of putting God first in our lives and uh, knowing that there's something greater than us that uh, we're not only striving to be, but we're striving to be uh, Christian men and women, Catholic men and women all across the all across the country. It's uh, it's wonderful. Yeah, I want to talk more about Point Loma and uh, the accolades that your team achieved being at the NAIA World Series, but baseball is a game of failure, Eric, and there's a lot of life lessons, and uh, uh, a lot of times we have to go back to the dugout dejected, and if you succeeded uh, you know, at least three out of ten times at the plate, you're, you're a pretty good hitter. So talk about those life lessons that you gain playing the game of baseball. Well, I tell you what, the game of baseball does it's it's a game of failure and it's uh, it's how you handle that uh, failure i tell you but uh you know with with the guidance of coach carol ann out there at point loma nazarene college and then i also finished up my baseball career at azusa pacific university under coach tony barbone i tell you those two coaches right there they cared more about us as players uh than we did how we how we did on the field of course, uh, it, it definitely mattered on how we did on the field. And uh, like you mentioned, with the 1993 uh, team, we actually uh, went to the uh, College World Series. Uh, great story that, you know, we were a team that, that just really struggled throughout the season. We, we didn't really come together as a team until we hit the playoffs. And uh, part of the reason for that was Coach Carol Land had actually uh, gotten rid of uh, – he was. He wanted to retire, and he wanted to uh, just uh, just call it quits. So, we had another coach by the name of Scott Sarver. Scott Sarver, a great individual. He was very passionate about the game of baseball, but uh, uh, he ended up bringing in a bunch of JUCO guys, bunch of junior college guys, to come and play on our team. And it was interesting. Uh, 
our, our team went from literally I was I was the only Hispanic to mm-hmm. uh, and the rest were all white Anglo-Saxon uh, Nazarene kids to pretty much a uh, you know fifty-fifty Hispanic uh, and and white and uh, and other and other nationality type of team. And a lot of the guys that he brought in were from JUCO were Catholic like me, mm-hmm. you know, good good baseball players. But uh, you know, going to a Nazarene school, it just really built a great foundation for life. I mean, we had to go to chapel every single day. We uh, we ended up having to uh, study the books of the Bible, First and Second Samuel. So I mean, uh, you know, God is God is interesting on how how he brought this team together. Matter of fact, I'm working on a book right now. Uh, the title of it is uh, Nothing Like Part of the Crew. Uh, the reason why is because we are the Point Loma Nazarene Crusaders. Uh, they have since changed to the Point Loma Nazarene University Sea Lions. But as part of the Crusaders, you know, we we were we were a team that were kind of fighting with each other. Um, you know, at first you you battle for your position, and then uh, and then we were kind of battling each other just over the grounds of our religion. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was interesting. On, on when I first got to Point Loma Nazarene College, the the first thing somebody told me was I was going to hell because I was Catholic and I haven't <laughs> accepted Jesus Christ as my personal <laughs> Savior. So after we got past that, um, you know, is when we really started playing good baseball together. Um, we it was it was interesting that we all came together one night. It was over at Ocean Beach. Uh, we sat there near a bonfire. And it was towards the end of the season, and we pretty much had uh, not done too well during the season. So we kind of were looking at each other and talking to each other and saying, hey, you know, let's come together. And ironically, that same night, both of our coaches, Coach Land and Coach Scott Sarver, come to the uh, beach and tell us, guess what? You know, uh, this team had to lose. Azusa Pacific had to lose. Westmont had to win. All this combination came true, and lo and behold, we made playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so we kind of looked at each other, going, "All right, since we made playoffs, why don't we win the whole the whole thing?" So uh, we went to uh, up to Azusa Pacific, where we played uh, the regionals up there, and it was uh, Westmont, uh, Concordia, ourselves. We ended up winning that thing, um, you know. And and what was interesting was all all season long, I had kind of struggled. And it wasn't until that last, uh, you know, the beginning, the first, the first game of our playoff season, I ended up coming up to bat, and I was, uh, I was four for four. Then the next at bat, I was three for four. Next game, I was three for four. The next game, I was four for four. It was incredible. I, what I was seeing, I was seeing the baseball just so large and so big, and my timing of my swing was just perfect. And, uh, you know, as a catcher. You're not expected to uh, to be one of the solid hitters, but then I started becoming the DH and also the catcher. It was it was amazing. But we went went on from sectional or to regionals, and we went and played sectionals uh, up at McMinnville, Oregon, of all places. And we played uh, Hawaii Pacific, uh, Lewis and Clark State. Uh, we ended up winning that whole thing. We just kept winning, and uh, we went all the way to the College World Series, which was played in 1993 in Des Moines, Iowa, Chicago Cubs AAA Stadium. Mm-hmm. Just an incredible experience there. And, uh, you know, we came together as guys. We came together as men. And uh, now, to be honest with you, we're 30-something-plus years later, 35, I think, 30 years, or it was 93, yeah, so 30 years. We, 
we're, we're, we're still together. We, uh, we get, we call each other. We have our own Facebook page. We call each other. We, uh, mm-hmm. we just got together this past year, uh, at Point Loma where we were watching the, uh, current sea lions, uh, play, play baseball. And I tell you what, that team today, boy, now they're NCAA division two. And I think they're ranked, uh, sixth or something in the country and, and they're proving it. They're doing a, they're doing a great job out there. So, we're just proud to be a part of the legacy. We were the first team for Point Loma Nazarene College back then to go to the World Series in, in the game of baseball. And, uh, yeah, I tell you what, you know, you just have to, you have to really understand your failures and learn from that. So every at-bat, I used to kind of take away, okay, first I, our, our coach actually came with a, uh, uh, on, on what we should do on hitting. In other words, uh, we have all these little kind of bubbles. It's kind of the art of hitting under Scott Sarver and Coach Land was, uh, uh, first of all, are you seeing the ball? Second of all, what are you doing when you're reacting to the ball? Are your hands in the right place? Are they coming through the zone? Are they staying back? Are you staying back on a curveball? What's your front foot doing? So you go through all these steps, and literally we just became better hitters. Another thing that our coach would do, it was kind of our uh, – kind of cool was uh he actually brought in a, a hypnotist and uh hypnotized us uh before every single game we'd sit there and we'd have to we'd have to just listen to the coach say okay you're coming up to bat you're seeing the pitch it's a perfect pitch your swing's coming through the zone you see the ball very well your hips are coming through you're driving the ball through the zone and all the way to where you see it go over the over the fence and this was something that you know, uh, the, the mental side of the game was just kind of getting started during the, uh, during the nineties. And now today, I mean, my goodness, uh, we went to go see those kids play down at Point Loma and they have everything from iPads where they have instant recognition on, on what their swing is. Um, it's amazing how technology has also helped with the game of baseball. Yeah, indeed. And the tradition continues at uh, Point Loma for sure. Blessed to play Ron Meyer chatting today with Eric Rosales. He's an EW10 News Capitol Hill correspondent. And uh, as you can tell, he played a high level of baseball at Point Loma Nazarene College. And then he transferred to Azusa Pacific. And uh, the move to Azusa Pacific, Eric, wasn't because of baseball, but you wanted to hone your communication skills and went to that college to uh, major in communications. Exactly. It was it was so interesting that... Uh... On the day that we played Azusa Pacific uh, for Point Loma Nazarene College in 1993, I had actually uh, uh, reached out to uh, Coach Tony Barbone for Azusa Pacific, and uh, Coach Barbone couldn't talk to me, of course, because of the because uh, of the rules. But uh, he knew that I had an interest of in possibly going to Azusa Pacific the following year, and the reason for that was because I had secured an internship at KBC in Los Angeles. I wanted to start my broadcasting career. I really wanted to move on um, into uh, into my broadcasting career and start reporting. And, you know, uh, KBC is, is, is one of the, in Los Angeles, is one of the great news stations to work for. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I was coming up to bat for, uh, for Point Loma during the, uh, during the regionals, and that's when I had my 4-for-4 uh, four four game, and Coach I kind of looked over at Coach one time after a base hit at Coach Tony Barbone, and he just kind of shook his head like, I can't get you out, man. I don't know what the, is going on, but um, it was a great opportunity. You know, I mean, it was uh, 
it was so hard. Matter of fact, the guys at Point Loma, they still give me a hard time for going and becoming a uh, Cougar over at uh, Azusa Pacific University. But I tell you, it, uh, I did it in particular for, for my career because I knew that I wanted to be a, get into broadcasting. But, uh, you know, those guys, I, I, I love them. I love the guys at, at Azusa Pacific, and I love the guys at Point Loma Nazarene College. And matter of fact, I'm still friends with both of them. One of, uh, one of the pitchers over at Azusa Pacific, uh, Ruben Nebla, he is now, uh, he's now the pitching coach for the San Diego Padres. So when the Padres uh, come and play the Nationals up here, over here in Washington, uh, Ruben and I were going to go out to dinner and, uh, and talk about old times. But that is, that's just what the game of baseball is all about. You know, if I have any advice for the younger generation out there, is just enjoy the experiences. Yeah, you're going to fail. But I tell you what, everything is, is, is happening because it's, it's the way that God wants it to. And if you put him first in your life, it's just an amazing, amazing experience to be able to uh, play the game of baseball and to play the game of baseball after high school, into college, and uh, then whatever opportunities come after that, it's, uh, it's just a plus. It is just definitely just a plus. Yeah, some good words there. Uh, we're going to take a break right now. On the other side, we'll talk to Eric Rosales about becoming an EWTN News Capitol Hill correspondent. His faith had a lot to do with that when Blessed to Play returns after this. Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI experienced many triumphs and near-superhuman struggles during his papacy. Rome-based journalist Paul Baudet was there through it all and takes you behind the scenes in Benedict Up Close, the inside story of eight dramatic years. This release from EWTN Publishing will shed light on how Pope Benedict's youth shaped his papacy, why this exceedingly kind man met with more adversity and ill will than any other pope in decades, the real reason he resigned, and more. Where many see failure, these pages reveal the greatness of this Bishop of Rome. Benedict Up Close, the inside story of eight dramatic years from EWTN Publishing. Available now at EWTNRC.com or call 1-800-854-6316. Never miss any of your favorite EWTN television or radio shows when you have the Amazon Fire TV player. All you need is a high-speed internet connection, a TV, and the Amazon Fire TV player. Welcome back to Blessed to Play. Ron Meyer joined today by Eric Rosales. He's an EWTN News Capitol Hill correspondent. He's at Ground Zero, folks. And uh, uh, it's been a very interesting four years, I'm sure, for Eric. And he's going to share some of that with us. But he's also a very talented athlete as well. He played his uh, collegiate baseball at Point Loma Nazarene College, where he went to the NAIA World Series. And then he transferred out to Azusa Pacific. And he honed his skills not only in baseball, but in the art of communications and broadcasting. So, Eric, I know you worked for a secular uh, news outlet and station in California, but then you decided to take your talents to Washington 
and latch on with EWTN News. Tell us why, and I know your faith had a lot to do with that. Oh, my faith has everything to do with it. I put Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior, and I put him first in first in my life. He's first with my family and my wife and I, and uh, he's first with everything, every decision that I make. You know, up here on Capitol Hill, it is it is a struggle. I mean, we're seeing a threat to religious liberties, mm-hmm. conscious protections. It's taking place up here on Capitol Hill, so I, uh, I also fight for the unborn up here on Capitol Hill, and I just, uh, as, as a member of the uh, Global Catholic Network, EWTN News Nightly, I just, you know, I, I, I'm up here, you know, reminding lawmakers as I'm interviewing them of, of the importance of, uh, you know, pro-life and, and the life of the unborn and, and also conscious protections for doctors to not perform abortions. And it's, it's all taking place up here on, uh, on Capitol Hill. I mean, we've seen, we've seen everything that's happened with religious convictions and uh, parents speaking out at school board meetings of what their children are learning in school. And it's a real threat taking place right now all across the country. Eric, do Catholics have something to be worried about? I know we uh, Merritt Garland and the memorandum that came out against targeting those Catholics who go to the Latin Mass. We have the incidents with Mark Halk, the pro-life activist who was arrested on, a, a, on an overreach and then was a, acquitted. Do Catholics have something to worry about going forward with religious liberties? I, I certainly believe that there is a fight for religious liberties. And when you put on your spiritual lenses up here on Capitol Hill, you can literally see the good and evil. I mean, we're talking about everything from, you know, sexual orientation to gender ideology mm-hmm. and to the woke movement. It's all taking place right now. I mean, take a look at the Equality Act. It's, it basically stigmatizes the, the religious beliefs held by millions of people of faith, including Catholics and other Christians, along with Jews and Muslims. You know, I mean, we're talking about uh, lawsuits that are waiting to happen because you don't have public accommodations in your in your jobs or or anything like that um this is something that that is really under attack right now and and you know we as believers believers in our lord jesus christ that we have to we have to speak out and that is the one reason that i that i left secular media i was doing secular media local news for the past you know, 20 years of my uh, broadcasting career, I've been in it 30, well, it's probably 25 years because I've been in it 30 years and I've been with EWTN now for four. And I just left it because, uh, you know, it, it was, it was telling half truths. Sometimes when I would go to an officer involved shooting, I would come back and my editor would tell me in secular media, what did the officer or the department do wrong? And, instead of actually just reporting the facts and reporting mm-hmm. the news, you know, and my father, my father, bless his heart, he did 43 years with the Los Angeles Police Department, and I always wanted him to come home. And uh, it's a it, it's something that, you know, uh, this whole movement that's taking place against police, against authority, mm-hmm. against religious liberties, against conscious protections, we have to be aware of these things and we have to speak out about them. How do the politicians view you? I know you have a certain journalistic standard that you have to apply to when you're covering a certain event or story. But how do the politicians, you know, how do they react to you when you cover it from a Catholic perspective? Well, i got to be honest with you. I mean, uh, some of them I have a great relationship. Others, uh, they would probably like to see me go away. <laughs> uh, you know, you have the Nancy Pelosi's, the self-professed Catholics, Nancy Pelosi's, Dick Durbin, uh, you know, variety of others up here on Capitol Hill that, 
that, you know, talk about their Catholic faith. I mean, Nancy Pelosi, she used to quote, you know, Saint uh, Pope Francis in in her in her in her meetings, and then uh, and then lo and behold, you'd see her on the floor talking about uh, a woman's right to choose and in the importance of uh, the importance of, of of killing babies and infants even after de- even after they're born. That's what's crazy is the Democratic Party wants to kill babies all the way up until even after they're born. Um, you just don't understand how, how these, and every time I would ask her questions about it, she would basically tell me, well, the Pope basically told her that, uh, that she's, that she's a good Catholic. Uh, have I met the Pope? No, I haven't. So, you know, um, I just kind of feel like in my personal opinion, not EWTN, but my personal opinion that the church really has to take a greater stance on this. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we've heard a lot from the U S conference of Catholic bishops, but I believe that the church and uh, the Pope himself really needs to take a greater stance and speak out against this. Plus to play Ron Meyer chatting once again with Eric Rosales, EWTN News Capitol Hill correspondent. And uh, I think you would agree the Catholic faith is neither Democrat or Republican, but obviously these issues fall on, on the side of what the Catholic faith observes or believes in or has taught in a, in a moral structure. And when it goes against that, they have to speak out. When you hear bishops and cardinals that are not standing up for the faith, and you're out there on, like I said, it's you're you're out there in the the firing line, so to speak. How does that affect you as a Catholic? Do you feel like you're unsupported? Well, I mean, to be honest with you, I actually uh, went away from the Catholic Church uh, for a little while. Um, I uh, I went to uh, I just went to a, a non-denominational Christian church, but I always yearned for my Catholic faith and. I came back to the Catholic faith because I say, you know what, if I'm not, if I'm not going to fight for it, who is? Mm-hmm. And so that's part of the reason why I wanted to work for EWTN and uh, really come back and speak out of, about what our Catholic standards are and what the Church teaches us and uh, how we have to stand up for those beliefs. Um, I... Uh, you know, it was it was during the uh, the incidents where a number of priests were being moved around by different dioceses all throughout the country who've been accused of uh, of molestation and and pedophiles and things like that. So I uh, I, I I went away, but then uh, I have come back, and uh, I'm but I but I've come back with with even more faith mm-hmm. and and even more. Uh, of a passion to tell the truth, and um, that's why I'm. I ended up leaving secular media, and now I'm working for EWTN and have for the past uh, three to four years. It's a. Uh, it's an exciting time in my life. I almost feel renewed in in the media, um, renewed to be able to tell the the truth on things. And and up here on Capitol Hill, I get to be able to tell our viewers, our Catholic viewers. What is taking place? Because these are stories that you will not see in the New York Times or, or other liberal media all throughout the country. Uh, we, we, have to, we have to tell people of what's happening, and, and I tell it from a Catholic perspective from right here on Capitol Hill. Now, you're passionate. You have a lot of resolve, but yet you're, not, you're, you're persecuted in a certain way because not everybody's going to like Eric Rosales up there on Capitol Hill, but how do you sustain yourself, fortify yourself before you go to work every morning? Well, I tell you what, I mean, the rosary, without, uh, without our Blessed Mother, I don't know where any of us would be. You know, it's, uh, it's uh, saying the rosary, 
before before going to going to work, getting up and have a daily ritual of reading scripture. You know, as Catholics, we're not always taught to be able to, to, to read the scripture. Yeah, we go to church, we hear the first and second reading and we hear the homily by the priest, but you know, we have to take it upon ourselves to, to sit down and ask God, show us the way, teach us the way, what's happening, and, and read the daily scripture. That's the way I, I fill my spiritual glass before I come here. Believe me, I mean, there's, there's, what's interesting, though, is even those who don't want to talk to me, if they do talk to me, they, they respect me, mm-hmm. because I not only do the interview with them, but after I run the story, I end up sending to all of their press people Every single lawmaker that I use in the story, I send to their press people a copy of the story so they could see what they told me. I'm not twisting their words around. Mm-hmm. I'm telling the truth of what they say. So whether or not I'm for or against it or whether or not I, I support it or I don't support it, I'm trying to tell viewers what your lawmakers are saying in their own words. And I don't, I don't turn things around like, uh, you know, a variety of uh, a variety of. Uh, reporters do up here on Capitol Hill. So that's the one thing that they do. They may not want to talk to me up here on Capitol Hill, but they do respect me because they tell me that. They say, Eric, you know what? I'm willing to talk to you even though I don't agree with your views because I know what I'm going to tell you you're going to put out there. And that's all you can ask as a, as a journalist is just to be able to report the facts. Yeah, you build that trust and that rapport and those journalistic standards, which is founded on truth, which everyone would need to respect. There needs to be more journalists out there like Eric Rosales. Well, Eric Rosales has been our guest on this uh, half hour. Eric, thanks so much. I really appreciate what you're doing there on Capitol Hill and what you stand for in the midst of a very contentious environment. Uh, only you know the struggles that are going on more so than the average American that you're a Capitol Hill correspondent. So keep up the good work. And thank you for talking a little bit of baseball with us today. I do appreciate it. Oh, God bless you. And thank you so very much. And yeah, if I could just have one final thought, I would just say that, uh, you know, God has a plan for each and every one of us. And, you know, the more that you're in the word, the more that you're, you're, you're in with him and, and allowing him to work in your lives. He can open up whatever door you want to have open. Some good words there. Hey, Blessed to Play fans, check us out on the web at blessedtoplay.com. That's blessed, the number two play.com. You can like us on Facebook and hit us up on Twitter at Blessed to Play. For Eric Rosales, I'm Ron Meyer. We'll catch you next time right here on Blessed to Play. You've been listening to Blessed to Play with host Ron Meyer on the EWTN Global Catholic Network. If you have a question or comment about today's show, feel free to email us at info at blessedtoplay.com. That's blessed, the number two, play.com. You can also connect with the show on the web at www.blessedtoplay.com. Again, that's blessed, the number two, play.com. Join us again next time for Blessed to Play on the EWTN Global Catholic Network.